0: Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. Amen. Today we're beginning a new series called Broken. And this is something that the Lord really had me minister a number of years ago. I mean, almost 10 years ago. Uh, And God really used it to really help a lot of people. But I think that what God wants me to do now is a little different than what we did then. So if you've heard it before, I encourage you, pay attention because you're going to get some things out of it. The word broken is defined as reduced to fragments, ruptured or torn, fractured, not functioning properly, out of working order. So when something is broken, it's reduced to fragments, it's torn. It's not working right. It's dysfunctional. You know, many people look at their family lives and they say, you know what? It's broken. There's a lot of unmarried people who are struggling, a lot of marriages that seem to be on the cusp of divorce, a lot of families that are dealing with rebellious kids or uh, family members who are outside of the home who are interfering in that relationship. There's a lot of people who are just simply unhappy. And... Uh, because of those things, you know, some people just want to escape. They just want to try something different because their family life is so difficult. But I want you to know that God can fix your family. God can actually restore your family life to the place where you actually enjoy it again, to the place where it's one of the best parts of your life. And so what I want to do is just give you some biblical Uh, solutions to some of the family problems that we're dealing with so that we really can enjoy our family lives again so our families can go from being broken to being restored. So I want to start in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3. And it reads, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Well, this was an opening of Scripture that Jesus actually read in Luke chapter 4. The Bible teaches he went to his home church, he got up to read from the Scriptures, and he found this opening of Scripture because it was talking about him. He was anointed, God had placed on him power to do these things and the lives of really everybody. And one of the things that he mentioned God gave him power to do was to take those who were dealing with horrible situations and restore them. He called it going from causing them to have beauty for ashes. And of course, if something is in ashes, it has been burned down, right? It doesn't look anything like it used to look. It may not even look like it ever existed. And once again, that may be where some of us are in our family lives right now. But notice that Jesus says, I am anointed. I have the power to take what is dead, to take your ashes, and actually build something beautiful out of it. And I want you to notice that he's not just talking about taking your ashes and getting things to a place where everything is just okay. Anybody seen some of these just-okay commercials? I think they're hilarious. You know, you're going to to see a doctor. One of my favorite ones is the guy was getting ready to have surgery. And and they ask about the doctor, and she's like, well, he's okay. And he comes comes around the corner like, guess who's reinstated? (laughs) Anybody seen that one? And he's like, you know, hey, I got you, you know, but you can tell he's just okay. And how many know just-okay ain't okay? You didn't dream about an okay family life when you were a kid. You dreamed about a great family life. And Jesus is telling you that what I'm here to do is to take you from ashes to a place where when you look at your family life, it's beautiful. It's great. It's wonderful. It's exactly what you wanted me to to give you in your life. And so I want you to get hold of the fact that whatever your situation is right now, it can change. Circumstances can change. Feelings can change. Your life can change. You just gotta be willing to work with God. Somebody say work with God. work with God. You gotta be willing to do your part so that you so that God is allowed to step in and do his part, take what is broken and turn it into something that is restored, something that is great. And so today I really want to start by focusing on our unmarried folk. Anybody here not married? Put your hand up, look up, look around. I'm going to pull something from my dad's book. Look around, see who's here. That's single, you might find somebody. Come on, I met my wife in church, you never know. You know, today it is challenging to be single and saved. So we asked some folk about that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your boy, James Jackson. You're tuning into our Broken series, Man on the Street Interviews. Today, we're gonna to be talking to singles to find out what it's like dating in 2019. Let's see what they have to say. Tell me, what is it like dating in 2019 as a single Christian?
1: Well, dating in 2019 is easy, but as a Christian, it's hard.
0: You have the different urges and the different things that you know you're not supposed to do, but it's challenging trying to resist not to do those certain urges.
1: You don't find a lot of people that, that are kind of into the same thing. It's hard to find someone that has the same commitment levels of Christ as you, so they feel like Christians are boring. <laughs> they feel like, you know, we can't have fun and do the, um, the same things that other people like to do, so it's been a little rough.
0: has social media influenced the dating process for you
1: not really because a lot of people that you know try to jump in like my dm or whatever it's like no i don't really i don't like to be approached that way
0: um... just being on social media as a regular is challenging um, i can be just looking at random stuff and all of a sudden a picture of this fine woman barely wearing any clothes come up.
1: Social media has made dating definitely hard. We have comparisons with the Instagram girls and Instagram
0: models. It's hard being single or married, uh, being a Christian period, dealing with social media. Uh, Like I said, it can be helpful and it can be harmful. How do you deal with those urges?
1: Did somebody tell you to ask me that question? I feel like that was a straight shot at me. I have very like high standards so I really don't just date anybody. Like some people I'll just look at and be like, nope.
0: <laughs> a lot of prayer and try not to put myself in compromising situations that Um, Will lead me to do something. I know I shouldn't be doing
1: one of the main things that I do to keep myself from going off The deep end is keeping relationships with my friends and people who I can be transparent with with my walk And also who are also going through the same thing as me. So we have like a a tight-knit friendship So we keep each other accountable
0: So were they right on the money? Yeah, single folk, would well, y'all agree with some of those things? I want to start in Proverbs 15 then, just see what the Bible says to unmarried folk. And uh, Verse 13 says this. It says, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. A glad heart, this is really interesting, makes a happy face. We get that, Right? Wouldn't it feel like or seem like the rest of the scripture should say a broken heart makes a sad face? But it doesn't say that. It says a broken heart crushes the spirit. A wounded heart actually has an impact on your spirit man. I grew up loving superheroes, and I will never forget, of course, that Superman is invincible unless you bring kryptonite in the room. And kryptonite breaks him down quickly. And what this is showing us is a broken heart acts like kryptonite. It can break you down. In fact, Proverbs 18, 14 says it this way, the human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Who can bear a crushed spirit? See, a broken heart actually wounds and weakens your spirit man. So I, one commentary I looked at actually cautioned against living with a broken heart because it's actually kind of dangerous. Another commentary says that it tends to destroy your life and it tends to throw off a portion of your vital energy. Another says that grief, and that's part of what, what you're dealing with when you have a broken heart, it weakens your spirit. It, 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 it saps your strength. So Having a broken heart is a bad thing. And sometimes we can't control things that that cause broken hearts. But sometimes we can. And one of the main causes of broken hearts in the lives of unmarried people as well as married people sometimes is sexual sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, You say food was made for the stomach, and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. So notice the Bible is telling you your body was not made for what is called fornication or sexual immorality. That's not why God gave you this body. It's actually telling you God gave you this body for him. You weren't given your body to sin with. You were given your body to serve with. And so he's telling you here that that's the purpose. And how many know that if you get away from the purpose of a thing, that it can cause you to be broken? So, for example, I have a mic in my hand, and this is great when it comes to when, it, when it's fulfilling its purpose. It amplifies my voice. But if I decide to use this as a baseball bat and I'm going to hit a ball with it, I many know it's going to break. And the same thing is true when it comes to our bodies. The Bible is telling us here our bodies were not created for sexual morality or fornication, but they were literally created for the Lord. What does the Bible call fornication? Because a lot of people have different ideas about this. And how many know I'm preaching the Bible today? Somebody say he's preaching the Bible. Okay, I'm not a politician. I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. It is my manual for living. Okay, I believe God spoke these words into the hearts of men, had them write it down, and we've talked so much about how the Bible itself is proven to be supernatural. Bible prophecy alone proves that it is. So ultimately, what we're reading is God's viewpoint, and God literally defines fornication as harlotry. That's literally what the word means. In other words, when God says fornication, he's literally looking at someone who has sex outside of marriage. And that's what it is. It's any type of sexual gratification that you receive outside of a marriage relationship between men and women. He looks at that as harlotry. He looks at that as though you're walking Woodward on Saturday night trying to sell yourself. Somebody say he's preaching the Bible. I'm just going to be real with you. That's how he looks at it. Any type of sexual gratification. I want you to notice I said that because that would include lusting after somebody and getting that pop that you get in your body because you were lusting after somebody. That would include looking at porn. That would include, you know, being unmarried and two unmarried people having sex. That would include, you know, people who happen to be of the same sex having sex. That would include someone who's married having sex with somebody they're not married to any of that, all of that God considers that fornication, all that he considers it sexual sin, and all that he looks at as though you're selling yourself. It's that evil to God. Why? Notice the next scripture, and it's going to show you something. He says in verse 18, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You know, I've read the Bible, the entire Bible through many times, and I can tell you, I can't remember finding another topic or another scripture where God tells His people to run from something. When you read the Bible, God talks about His people being more than a conqueror and world overcomers, and, you know, one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. I mean, there's a lot of scripture like that. You hardly ever read God telling His people to run from anything, but He says run from this. He's saying when you are faced with temptation in this area, run! Why would He tell you to run? Because it's that dangerous. It's that dangerous. One movie I saw years ago, and and it wasn't the best movie, but I I, always watch it when it comes on TV. Anybody have that movie or TV show? You always watch it when it come on? It don't matter what you're doing. Oh, my show is on. Every time there's on, I watch it. It's called The Day After Tomorrow. And in this scene, you know, one, in this movie, one of the scenes is like a tidal wave running, you know, come sh- just going right through a, a downtown of a city. And so what happens is people see it coming. They turn around and they run for their lives. And there's a tidal wave of sexual sin in our country. It's to the place where it's not only accepted as champion. It's to the place where if you speak against it, you're a bigot. Right? There's a tidal wave in and God. And, and, and let me say this. And as a result of that, people are getting destroyed. You've got more broken lives in this world today. And one reason why suicide rates are so high, one reason why you have such a high level of sexual abuse, such a high level of rapes in our country, so many people are hurting is because they, they, they have not listened to this. They have maybe a lot of them didn't even know that this was so dangerous. It's kind of like what's happening with vaping right now. You notice it's been in the news the last week or so, and all these people are dying and people are showing up with these major symptoms in their lungs, and yet vaping has been pushed on the Internet and on television for a while, hasn't it? Because they didn't realize how bad it was. Now they're figuring out, oops. The same thing is true of marijuana. marijuana. Same thing. All the studies that are coming out are like, wow, this is destroying people. I know in Colorado they said something like the the drunk driving deaths doubled or some crazy statistic like that. But they're pushing it hard until one minute, one day they're going to go, oh, my, wow. And that's what's happened here with this issue. Sexual sin will cost you. And that's what Proverbs 5 talks about. It talks about you mess around with that strange man or that strange woman, and it'll cost you your wealth. It'll cost you your health. It'll cost you your reputation. It'll cost you years off your life. It'll cost you your honor. And at the end, you'll say, boy, I wish I had listened. God's Word reveals that it it impacts your body. The fact of the matter is there's a lot of people, even in this room, with broken hearts because of sexual sin. Their self-esteem is ruined. Reputation is ruined. They're dealing with, you know, uh, STDs, unwanted pregnancy. They, They aborted a child. They're dealing with all of that because of this issue, and God is trying to tell us that what you need to do, Christians, is you need to get back to being faithful to your first love. Jesus. In Judges chapter 16, there's a story about Samson. Anybody heard about Samson? He was God's man. God used him to do great things. But he kept messing around with Delilah. And he just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And you know, God will give you time. The Bible calls it space to repent. So You can get away with something for a while, but finally, you know, the Bible teaches the Philistines came to attack him again, and he was somebody who would defeat anybody that came to attack him. And he got up and he shook himself like he normally would do, and the God's power would come on him, and it wasn't there. And his eyes got gouged out. There's too many people walking around with their eyes gouged out because of this issue. Just because it's hard to live holy doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. That is not best for your life. So God is saying, why don't you just come back to me and do it my way? Let's look Proverbs 28 and verse 13. says it this way. It says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. The message translated says it this way. "You You can't whitewash your sins and get by with it. You find mercy... By admitting and leaving them, what do I do if I'm dealing with this right now, Pastor? If I, I, this is my issue, I'm struggling with porn, or I've been sleeping around, or I, I, this is hard for me. I just can't seem to stop. You know. Well, first of all, you got to make a decision that you're going to acknowledge that I'm messing up. I remember having a conversation with my barber. my barber. My barber called me one day, and he had a guy in a chair, and this guy was. They, I guess they were having a conversation about this, and. This guy would not believe that the Bible teaches that if you're not married, you can't have sex with somebody that's not married. He's like, the Bible don't teach that. And my barber said, man, I'm throwing scriptures at him left and right, and he won't listen. So he said, so give me some more scriptures. So I told him one. He was like, no, that's not talking about that. I told him another. He said, no, that's not talking about that. I finally went to Proverbs 28, uh, excuse me, uh, Hebrews, and it talks about, you know, how adulterers and whoremongers. Adulterers marry, but a whoremonger isn't. That's just somebody who's not married, who's sleeping around folks. God will judge. And Then it got quiet on the other end. Because, you know, some of us, we want to act like, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's not realistic for me to be a grown individual, to have a sex drive and not have sex. Listen, God's answer to your sex drive is marriage. And we'll talk about that more as we get into this series. But God does not require something of you that you can't do. If he's saying, hey, run from it, you can run from it. If he's saying, live holy, you can live holy. It really comes down to, do you want to, number one? And then are you willing to fight the fight? Because it is going to be a fight, number two. So if you're somebody that's struggling in this area, you first of all got to recognize, okay, I'm missing it. That's what the Bible says, he that confesses, and forsakes his sins. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here we see here that if we confess it and we turn from it, it's not good enough to say, okay, you know, I, I was messing around with, you know, Delilah last night, and I was wrong, God, I'm sorry. And then text Delilah, what are we doing tonight, baby? I mean, no, that won't work. You got to get rid of Delilah's number. Right? You got to let Delilah know I'm going to church and I can't live like that no more. No, if we confess and we turn away from it, then God says, man, I'll have mercy on you. See, God's not really interested in condemning you. This message is not about making you feel bad. This message is about helping you not be broken anymore. Because the bottom line is when you get done messing around, you know, and if you're somebody that's following God, even if you aren't, You don't always feel so great. Most of the time, you don't feel great. You get done looking at porn. By the time you get done, you don't feel too hot. There's there's something wrong here. You're bothered. That's really the reason why there's so much opposition to even preaching like this. I won't even get into that. The point is that this causes you to be broken, and God's saying, hey, What you need to do is just acknowledge that this is not the right way to do things and make a decision to change. You've been going south on I-75, you know, south fits, you know, hell. So anyway, it's time to get off the freeway, loop around, and go north again. That's what it means to turn. It doesn't mean to keep doing. It it means to do what I got to do to go a different direction. And the Bible is showing us here that if we do that, we'll have mercy. Well, God will prosper us again? I mean, if you read about the prodigal son, that guy got away from God, got away from his family, messed around. When he came home, his dad didn't tell him off. His dad welcomed him with open arms. His dad said, "Hey, my son is home. Get the best, the best, uh, the best food. Let's go ahead and have a party. Let's celebrate." That's how God feels about you. God said, "Man, if you messed up, I don't want you wallowing in the mud for the next five years. Think about how you messed up. I want you." just to come home. I just want you to get right, and I will welcome you home. I'll heal you up. You've been hurt because of what you did. I'll restore your heart. I'll make you whole again, and then I'm going to prosper you again. I'm going to take your life where it should be. But you got to make a decision that if this stops today, you got to recognize that it's simply not worth it. Somebody say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Messing around with them is not worth it. Messing around with this is not worth it. Whatever it is, it really isn't worth being broken over. All right, Pastor, well, okay, I hear you. How do I stop? Because you hear a message like this, and there's your heart's tugging, yeah, I want to do this, but you already know I ain't going to make it through the week. <laughs> I'm just being real. I, I believe it, Pastor. I believe the Bible, but I am just too far along. This is... I just can't stop. How do I stop? Y'all laugh too fast. Like, yep, that, that's, I need to pray for the church a little bit more. No. Proverbs 5, 8. In Proverbs 5, he talks about what the Bible calls the strange woman. We won't read the whole chapter, but he talks about how, you know, she's attractive. Her words are like honeycomb. Her, her lips, you know, you find her, her hips. I mean, he talks about all of that. You know you know sex is fun don't look at me like y'all y'all look at me like I just did he say that yes it's fun it feels good it's enticing it it, it it's it's a very strong temptation to do it right and yet, so the bible's telling you hey this is this is what's out here but then it says but the end of this thing is death the end is death bitter. And in fact, it's Proverbs 5 that talks about that when you practice this, that's how you end up losing your wealth and your health and your honor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because of this thing. So what do you do? Verse 8 says, remove your way far. Somebody say far. Far "far from her. And do not go near, somebody say near, near, the door of her house. Remove your way far Far from her. Somebody say far. See, I remember when I grew up in church, one of the things that used to be said in our youth ministry by not the teachers, not the preachers, but just the the kids was we understood that you weren't supposed to have sex with somebody you weren't married to. But, you know, we kind of came up with this thing, well, you know, you can get as close to sex as possible. And as long as you don't... Actually, have sex, then you didn't sin. Some of y'all was with me in the youth group. You know exactly what I'm talking. You laughing like you one told me that. No, right? You can kiss all you want. You can put your hands under this. You can you can basically get naked as long as you don't. It ain't sin. Come on now. How many know that ain't true? The problem with that mentality is this idea of getting as close as I can to sin and then hope I don't slip in. How many know that eventually you slip in? (laughs) See, look at y'all. I see see where y'all went. See, we definitely got to pray for this church. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, right? If I hate something, I get as far away from it as I can. I hate eggs. I've talked about it before. I can't stand eggs. I know it's strange. Yes, I'm black. I can't stand eggs. You know something else can't stand? The smell of nail polish. Was it nail polish remover? Is that what it is? Oh, and I've got three daughters and a wife. They're not too bad at it, but every once in a while I walk around the room and it's like, um, yeah. Can't stand it. So what do I do? I get as far away from it as I can. The Bible's telling you, really, you ought to get as far away from sexual sin as you can. You ever notice and and. Don't get upset with me if you don't happen to be African-American. We believe in being multicultural, okay? But I just noticed that when I watch horror films, I don't do it anymore. It's hard, there are hardly ever any black folk in them. And, and I think part of the reason is because in real life, if you heard a chainsaw and some glass break, and people screaming, you're not going to do this. I wonder what's going on. I wonder, ah, no. As soon as you hear anything, it's zoom, boom, I'm out. Right? You can tell me about this later. We got to treat sin like that. We do. We got to treat sin like that. We, we can't keep getting as close as we can, and hopefully we don't get burned. One of these videos, these videos that I've seen online from time to time, and, you know, they, they, they change. You know, the challenges change, but I remember the fire challenge. You might remember the fire challenge. There was one that was real recent. I don't know what they're calling it, but I watched it online, and once again, somebody was trying to, to set a part of their body on fire, and the idea, I guess, is to set it on fire and then douse it as quick as possible right, and it's kind of proving something. I don't really get why you do it, but that's what they're doing. So I saw this video, and, you know, he had these girls around, and here they are, they're going to light it, and they, you know, they lit, lit somebody's foot, right, and I guess it had worked for other folk, but this time they lit their foot, and they couldn't douse it. You have never seen somebody move faster in their life. you you talking about you want to go to hell. We're going to have a party in hell. No, you ain't. You don't want five seconds of hell. You don't want nothing to do with no flames, okay? And I'm, this girl jumped up, and they they running around, and she's flying, trying to get somewhere. And I'm like, man, that's so sad. And there are people who lost their lives during the fire challenge. And sexual sin is fire. You might put it on there and douse it this time, but at some point, that water ain't going to work. That's what Samson found out. At some point, you're going to look up, and You're broken. Or you broken somebody else. So don't even play with fire. Because it's not worth it. Somebody say it's not worth it. Not worth it. So here's some guard work, some guardrails. You know, you ever on the freeway, of course, you've got, you know, we 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 obviously have, I don't even know what the right word is, but we've got this thing in between. The median. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Or, you know, if you got a baby, they they got their crib, you got guardrails. I mean, you get the idea. There's some things that you, here's some things you can have in your life that kind of keeps you on the straight and narrow. Just a couple of of thoughts. Number one, bounce your eyes from hot things. Bounce your eyes. What does the Bible say? Jesus said, he who lusts after someone they're not married to. A man who lusts after another woman has committed adultery. Right? God's saying, if you just Look at her long enough to lust after her. As far as I'm concerned, I count it as though you slept with her. Well, then how do I live my life? I'm around all these attractive people. I can't even drive down the street without a billboard of a half-naked women, woman. Woman, Or right, we heard on there, of course, uh, you're on social media and you're just trying to, you know, check out what's going on in sports and bam, here's this half-naked girl. How do you handle that? Or even now with the ladies, you know. You, you're trying to follow this guy he's on Instagram and, and but, you know you shouldn't even be following the fitness guy on Instagram <laughs> let's just be real if he don't have no shirt on all the other stuff and your husband find out you following him moving on how do I deal with all of that? you bounce your eyes you treat it like you would a hot stove right you touch a hot stove you why? Because if I keep my hand here, I'm going to get burned. So I can see. I'm going to see, okay, good looking, but I'm, a, I'm moving away. And that's a habit you need to develop is to bounce your eyes. Somebody say bounce your eyes. Now, I knew when the Lord wanted me to do this message that the first message in Broken, I was like, this is not a good idea. I was right. I was going to do something else. But this is where he wants me to start. Because, okay, you, you got to get free of this stuff before we can even talk about God bringing a husband or wife into your life. That's what we go on next week. We're going to talk about, you know, those of us who are still in the waiting room. Right? We'll talk about how to receive that person. But, you know, if you get, you, you still got this problem in your life, even when you get married, marriage won't fix this problem. You'll marry the love of your life, and you'll find within a year, you're still, you're still checking folk out. You're still looking at porn. You know, some girl approaches you, and it's, it's a weak moment, and you find yourself doing something you never thought you'd do. you got to fix this. So number one, bounce your eyes. Number two, think holy thoughts. This is really true for women because men are mostly visual, so it's all about what we see. For women, what we, what they see matters, but not nearly as much as it does with men. Their battle is right here. It's right here, and particularly married women, Start thinking about what life will be like with this guy and how he's different or better than my husband and all that kind of stuff. And the Bible says in Psalm 19, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight." How many know God sees what you're thinking about? How many knows what you what you think about actually impacts your emotions, your beliefs, your heart? So when those thoughts start coming your way, you've got to do what Jesus did when Satan tempted him. Satan gave him some thoughts. Turned his bread into stone or stone into bread. Jesus opened his mouth and said, nope, I rebuke you, Satan. It is written. You've got to deal with the thought when it comes. And whether you're opening your mouth and saying, nope, I'm going to think about things that are just and pure, that are right before God, or you're just going to change the channel in your brain, you've got to make a decision to develop the habit of thinking holy thoughts. Number three. Date in public, period. Date in public, period. If you're single and you're dating, you cannot be hugged up on your couch watching Netflix, talking about we're going to Netflix but not chill. No. They go together, Netflix and chill. Come on now. You can't put yourself in that position. I'm, I'm, I've been saved my whole life. I've been a pastor for 24 years. I can't believe that. Okay? And and, and if I'm in that position with a female I'm attracted to, married or not, anybody, no, no matter what the qualifications, I'm telling you what's happening that night. <laughs> Can I be real? Yeah. I'm rolling over the next day repenting before God, asking that fire doesn't fall from heaven or and, and strike me down, even I know God doesn't work like that. But, right, you don't put yourselves in those positions. You heard the statement, if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. You can't stand the heat. Tell yourself the truth. Date in public, not private. you got to, when you go on dates, when you hang out together, be in public places where you cannot cross lines without being arrested. I'm so quiet today. I don't know if y'all getting this or not. You know, First Thessalonians five twenty two says, "Abstain from the appearance of evil." If it's evil to some, if it looks evil to somebody, God's saying you need to stay away from it. Well, I'm here to, here to tell you. I find out that you know, if you, if I found out that you was dating so and so from the church, and y'all was up in so and so's apartment till two in the morning that day, guess what I think is happening? You might say, "Oh, Pastor, we didn't do that. We were just watching a couple of movies." Okay. Sure. You get the point. Next one. Stay out of shady situations. This actually fits with the last one. You, you know, it's hard to live holy and be in the club every Saturday night. I'm talking to believers in here. I know there's a lot of people don't believe in God, and we, we got some good things for you. But just talking to believers for a moment, because if you say you follow him, then live it. Right? If you're going to be for God, be for God. If you're not, don't. Well, I, I believe in whatever you're going to do, go all out. If you going to, you say, I don't want nothing to do with God, then have all the fun you can have, because you're going to bust the hell wide open. So have fun <laughs> now. And if you're going to live for God, then live God's way, man. Sell out to it, and you'll have a great life now, and you go to heaven. Right? So you can't put yourself, once again, in these crazy situations, you can't put yourself around people that aren't living right, you can't put yourself in places online. That ain't right. Come on now. now y'all, some of y'all look at me, you don't know what I'm talking about, but do y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to watch out for those friends with benefits. We just friends, but you, you know all you got to do is pick up the phone, send a text, send a snap. Man, it's so quiet up in this place. That's, I don't think it takes all of that. Jesus said, if your eye offend thee, cut it out. Is he literally telling you cut your eye out? No. He's telling you it does take all that. Whatever it takes for you to protect yourself so your body can be for the Lord and you not end up broken. And when you do get married, you can truly enjoy. You're not bringing all this mess into your marriage. Do it. You know what's shady in your life. You know who's shady. Move your way far from it. Last one, have a true accountability partner. The Bible says iron sharpens iron as a man sharpens his friend. That tells me you can't be sharp alone. That's one reason we have crews here, small groups, because you will never be everything God called you to be by yourself. A sword can't get sharp by itself. There has to be another piece of metal. Together, you put them together, now the sword is sharp. There ought to be somebody in your life that knows your issues. We heard that in the video. One of the individuals was talking about, I've got some friends, and we do, we're on the same level. We're dealing with the same stuff. There ought to be somebody that can call you and say, you still over that boy's house? Come on now. What, what, you, what you doing? Tell me what's going on with this. That you have given that opportunity to, you've opened that door to, and you will listen to them. There ought to be somebody that can almost, in a sense, get in your face and remind you of the commitment you made to God and to yourself. And hopefully, the commitment you made in your heart to the person that God's going to send your way. Sexual sin is not worth it. And there's some great things you can do to stop yourself from doing it. Now, i got some homework. Somebody say homework. Man, I thought I was in church. Homework? What we're really talking about is replacing bad habits. When you're talking about I can't stop this, really all we're talking about is bad habits. You just got to break some habits. We're talking about replacing bad habits with holy habits. There's a great book that I would encourage you to get a hold of. It's called Every Man's Battle for Guys and Every Woman's Battle for Women. Pick it up. Read it this week. It's very easy to read. Some people say, I don't read it all. Get the audio book. Listen to it while you drive. But if you're serious, you're serious about saying, I don't want to be broken anymore. I don't want this in my life anymore. I want God's future for me. Then get a hold of that and, and, and practice some of the things that we talked about, and that will only augment what we talked about. Now, I want to, go, I want to end with this, and y'all still y'all with me? Yes. I want to go in a little different direction. I, want, I, I entitled this section, Sliding in the DMs. Y'all say, uh-oh, where are we going? There's nothing wrong with sliding in a DMs. All I'm really referring to is dating. I want to give you some dating no-nos, some things that cause people to be broken while they're dating. Number one, don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. 1 Corinthians 7.32 says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Notice he's talking about the fact that when you're unmarried, your focus really can be on pleasing God, right? And your life should be that way. If you're married, it should. Surely if you're single, what the Bible is teaching here is you've got even more time to please God with. Pleasing God should be your priority. So you should not allow any man or woman to come ahead of that, to come ahead of your walk with God, to come ahead of the assignments God has given you. You've got to find a way to properly manage this new relationship so that God is still first. I mean, there's a difference between texting and driving and talking on the phone and driving, right? Now, some people don't even have a problem with talking on the phone and driving. I actually don't think it's a big deal to, to do this, particularly if your phone is Bluetooth. You got Bluetooth and you can just hear people talking through your phone. I can drive and talk to somebody on my phone and it not be dangerous. But if I drive and try to text somebody, that's just as dangerous as me driving drunk. And this is the problem that people have sometimes. They start dating the person they believe God has for them, and they completely forget about God, the road, and they just want to focus on the relationship. Bam, broken. You can continue the relationship, but you got to keep your eyes on the road first. That's your priority, or there will be no relationship, right? So number one, you got to don't, don't lose your focus. Number two, don't be thirsty. <laughs> don't be desperate. Philippians 4.11 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. One, one definition for content that you can find is to be undisturbed and undisturbing. When I am content, I don't have to have this to be happy. Your happiness is not determined by your marital status. I'm going to say it again. Your happiness is not determined by your marital status. It's not determined. It's it's determined by your relationship with God. I'll never forget. No, I was somebody who felt like I had to be married. That's what I was about. I was focused on that. I believed God for that because I was going to live holy. That also meant I wasn't going to live long without sex. Just being real. I'm like, all right, I'm a grown man. I, 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 I'm, I'm getting my ministerial degree. I'm, I'm getting this job. I'm, I, I'm ready for marriage right now, yesterday. Okay, because I, and, 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 yeah, I could argue that it was some spiritual things, but I, come on, it was about sex. Like, I need to have some legal sex. I'm not wasting these years of youth. I'm just talking about where I was. I ain't talking about y'all. And I finally grew up, I finally got to a place I was like, you know what? It's not that important. What's most important is following God's plan for my life. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, Bishop George Davis, now he pastors Impact Church in Jacksonville. And he was like, hey, so how are you doing? You dating somebody? And I was like, Ashley, I'm cool. I'm not dating anybody. I actually am fine the way I am. And whenever that happens, that happens. And it wasn't until that I got to that point that a month later I met my wife. See, God doesn't want that person to become an idol to you. He's God. You should be happy wherever your situation is. And then you'll be in position for God to do in your life what he wants to do. Number three, y'all doing all right? Don't compromise. And what I'm talking about here is don't compromise your list. In Genesis 24, uh, Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for his son. Anybody glad it don't happen like that no more? I would shudder to think of who my parents would have picked for me to marry. But she's anointed, son, but she ugly, dad. (laughs) Woo! But as a parent, honestly, I could see the value. If I could pick for my kid, but of course, I know she's probably sitting in the back like, no, you can't. But notice what Abraham said. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. What was he concerned about? He didn't want his son to marry somebody that didn't serve as God. And 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? How I many know marriage is a partnership? The Bible says that's not partnership, that's war. Is light, best friends with dark. See, a lot of us have a list of all the things we want in a mate, but you also ought to have a list of things that are no's. Nope. You heard that in the video. Nope. When they come to you and they're telling you, well, I don't really believe in Jesus, but you're a believer. Nope. But they have potential. You don't marry on potential. Oh, I can change him. You are not changing any man or woman. It doesn't work like that. You need to remember the no's on your list. You know, sometimes you hear people uh, that they don't follow God talk about, you know, how, you know, when you get drunk, everybody look good. When you are living celibate, everybody look good, too, for some folk. And so that means you need to have some list and, no, wait a minute, I know they fine and I know it's been forever, but. They don't even follow Jesus. Or they say they do, but they're really a practical atheist. They say they believe in God, but they live their life as though he doesn't exist. And there's some other things that we'll probably talk about next week that you want to look out for, some no's. But let's start right by just simply saying don't compromise your list. Next one, don't ignore the Holy Spirit. It says, now, when they had gone through Fergia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. If you're somebody that follows God, you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you, and you've had that experience of, of having that no in your heart. You know, and, and you overrode it. Anybody ever do that? And you're like, oh, whatever, and then later on something told me. Well, it wasn't a something, it was someone. You get this check in your heart. You know this ain't right. This, is, this ain't God. And, and that happens when you're dating, and you like somebody, you're excited, you're thinking about the possibilities, and you go on a date, and you already know. This ain't it. But, they, but you know, you like, but I'm, I'm so-and-so age. My friends are getting married. I want to have kids. They're fine. They're kind. They're this. Oh, that, that ain't the Holy Ghost. I'm just nervous. But you know. And all you're doing is running a stoplight. What happens when you run stoplights? Crashes. One of the things that Satan seems to do sometimes, he likes to send you the counterfeit first. Somebody that seems to be real close to what I'm asking for. Some of us married to counterfeit. Some of back, don't, don't elbow your husband or wife. Don't be doing that. Uh huh. Counterfeit. No, don't do that. I'm talking about broken. You have a broken marriage for real. Don't fall. Don't fall for the counterfeit. You got to trust God. We started this service talking about trusting God. Trust God that if this person, you already know this isn't it, that God's got somebody for you that's better. And then last one, don't get out of your lane. What are we talking about here, Pastor? Proverbs 18, 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. I, I was on the Essence panel, uh, the Essence, I don't know what they call it now, but the Essence Fest in Atlanta. So I was on the Essence panel a number of years ago. And I was in a room, and it was talking about dating and marriage. And the room is full of of African-American women. And I'm on the panel. I might have been the only guy on the panel. I don't remember there being another guy on the panel. And one of the things that came up was, is it okay for a woman to approach a man and, you know, to, to, you know, even propose to a man? And almost to a woman, even the people on the panel, yeah, that's okay. That's good. That's fine. And I was the only one like, no, that ain't good. I'm like, you're you devaluing yourself. You're changing the way he sees you. The man is created to be the hunter, and he likes to hunt. If you present yourself to him, you, he might play with you for a little while, and then he's going to find something that he wants to hunt. And God, the Bible teaches he that finds a wife. You can't be the good thing that he found. And do the finding. Come on, you can't be the jewel and the jeweler. I thought I'd get more amens in this today. Come on, you got to make a decision, to ladies, to let him pursue you. Rather than pursuing it, well, there ain't enough men in the world. Well, you only need one. You ain't need all the men in the world. You need one guy. And you need one guy that when he sees you, he feels like he just stepped into heaven. And see, here's the thing, uh, something else to think about, ladies. If you're saying, why won't he call me? How come he's not coming after me more? If he's not chasing you, he don't want you. You got to get a hold of that. Or at the very least, he's not ready for you yet. Maybe he's just not mature enough yet to realize what he needs to do. But if, and and, and let's, let's go here too sometimes we get those Christians, we get spooky. Well, the Lord told me that's my husband. And then he get up and announce he's getting married to somebody else. You want to kill yourself. He out of the will of God. I've had people, I've been married for 20 years. I've had people message me, you know, the God told me you were my husband. Blow up their marriages. And I'm like, what's your name? I don't even know you. And God, I talk to God, too. I'm already married. I don't see where, anywhere in the Bible where I get to divorce my wife and marry somebody I don't even know. That's spooky. God ain't going to tell you that until that man, God tells that man. He gets the revelation. You get the confirmation. Otherwise, you're getting out of order, and you're just going to have a broken heart. And ladies, when he approaches you, if a guy approaches you and he's not your type, he's not what you want, be nice. Be nice. Because part of the problem we have is some of these guys, we're supposed to be hunters, right? But some guys, they're keeping that gun on their shoulder. Because they've been beat, beat up a little too much. Because you are taking a personal risk. Your self-esteem is wide open like stab me when you ask someone on a date and the same thing is true in marriage by the way when that man asks his wife to sleep with him he's he's taking the same risk which is why that it, you, you got to be very careful how you deal with that don't just say no tell him not now not now we'll do it tomorrow, tonight something cuz he's taking a risk and so when you when when that man approaches you single ladies and he he wants to take you on a date or something along those lines you know be nice you should be flattered that he even approached you. And you better be careful because sometimes you're thinking, this guy, he ain't it, and it's exactly who God had planned. That's what happened to my parents. My dad told a story. He went after my mom for a year before she finally said yes. I was watching a, a couple on television just this week on Victory Channel, and they were talking about the same thing, how this girl, this lady, she was friends with this guy, pastor friend. And, and they were friends, but she never saw him like that until one day she did. You might be rejecting the husband God sent you. So you need to be nice. Somebody say be nice. Be nice. I'm just throwing, I'm, I'm all over the place now, so let me throw this last thing out here. What about dating online? What about Tinder and, you know, now they got Facebook dating, right? They just announced that this week. Ming Christian mingle and is it wrong to do that no there's nothing wrong with a lady being on there saying I'm available I'm single I know people in my life that they have God has brought them their mate that way and they have wonderful marriages but there's a difference between being on a site and stalking people (laughs) ladies and I wouldn't tell you to do it either I would tell you be led and if the Holy Ghost tells you, yeah, that's okay, fine. If not, don't do that. You don't have to do all that. Just stay in your lane. Make sure that you are doing what God called you to do, and you're becoming the best that God wants you to be, and let that man approach you. I want to end with Jud- Judges 21-21. This just talks about God's plan for this. It says, Therefore they instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go lie and wait in the vineyards and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards, and every man catch a wife for himself. From the daughters of Shiloh, then go to the land of Benjamin. This is in the Bible. I won't get into the backstory, story, but the bottom line is the, the guys of Benjamin were not going to be able to have wives because of some things that happened. And so their solution was, guys, go hide in the bushes. And when the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance, it's a race, fellas catch you a wife. Can you imagine that? Both you, you and your boy next to each other, y'all like, this is the only way we're going to get married. And y'all both see the same fine girl. It's all about who's fastest, right? Can you imagine me and that girl? She just came out to dance. She here dancing before the Lord. She look up and here comes this brood. He got a big smile on her face. That's what happened. He literally told the men, catch a wife and carry her home. Anybody glad it don't happen like this today? And a lot of ladies like, yes, hallelujah. But I want you to get the point. He didn't say wives catch you a husband. He said husbands catch you a wife. Stay in your lane. Let God bring that man into your life. And men, if you say I want a wife, you got you to take the gun off the shoulder, man. You got to step up. When I first saw my wife, I won't get into the story because I'm well over time. You know, I saw her, and, and you know what I did when I finally got up after some things had happened? I asked my friend, who was that? He told me. I said, I want to meet her. He introduced me. I didn't, have, I didn't come with any game. I said, hi, my name is Andre. I, said, I don't work. I'm married. I got three daughters. <laughs> it worked. You got you to you step up and let God do what he wants to do. Psalm 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. I just want to challenge you today. Do it God's way, and you'll find that if you do that, it will all be worth it. Come on, lift our hands and thank God for the word of God. Thank you, Father, for the word of God. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Experience podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.